This, this, this is, is, Fight Disciples. Welcome to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. I'm your host, Nick Pete, and as usual, we'll be diving into everything relating to Merseyside fight sports over the next hour, right here, half past six till half past seven. Tonight's show is going to be a little bit of a special. Cage Warriors, the biggest mixed martial arts promotion in Europe, return to the Echo Arena on February the 24th. And of course, they've got a card absolutely jam-packed with Merseyside fighting talent. Over the course of the show, we're going to be catching up with a couple of main protagonists who feature on that card. And I'm also hoping to be joined in studio pretty shortly by Lee Chadwick, the middleweight champion who's due to fight on that card as well. Before then, though, I want to catch up with Molly McCann, the headliner, she's fighting for the flyweight title, the first Merseyside woman to fight for a professional combat sports world title, and it's happening in her hometown. What an amazing story Meatball Molly is. Um, and prior to that, listen, there's only one way to start this show. We've got to go with the main man, haven't we? We've got to go with the baddie. Paddy the baddie, Pimlet. We're going to be catching up with him very shortly ahead of his fight here. This is at lightweight. He's the former featherweight champion at Cage Warriors. He lost last time out many in this city, you'll know. But there's something magic going on with Paddy Pimlet. He attracts the most incredible fight audience I've ever seen in, in what near non 19 years of covering fight sports. Their kids pack out the echo area every time this guy fights. And you know why? Because not only is he an incredible, talented mixed martial artist, but he's also a really absolute diamond of a lad. And he's got something about him. He's got that ingredient. He's got that little bit of a, I like to call it the ready break grow. He's got that X factor it takes to be a superstar. We're going to be catching up with him very shortly, so stick with us. But coming up first, I want to catch up with the main man, Paddy the Baddy Pimless. I spoke to him just this afternoon ahead of his mood to lightweight against the Greek Alec- Alexis Savidis. How's uh, the obvious question first and foremost? You're looking really well, but how's the camp going? Great, you know what I mean? I'm in the best shape of my life. I've never been in this good shape leading up to a fight, to be honest. Never had this little amount of weight to lose. Never been looking so good. Never had to... I haven't had to kill myself this fight camp, basically, you know what I mean? Other fight camps I've just been getting in six weeks before. All about losing weight, you know what I mean? But this time it's been a lot different. As I've said in other interviews, I've, I've grew up a bit, you know what I mean? I've realised the opportunity I've got and I'm not just relying on my talent anymore. I think most people who follow UK or May know that you're one of the most exciting prospects in the country. But defeat last time out, you know, we're now a couple of weeks away from it, a couple of months away from it. Do you mark it down as a, do you still look back on it bitterly or do you, do you refer to it now as a learning, a learning process? Yeah, it's, it's a learning curve, innit? You know what I mean? I'll be honest, I thought when I fought to Rosa and that fight was very close, you know what I mean? I won three rounds to two, I thought after that, yeah, I've, I've learnt my lesson, you know what I mean? But it, it actually takes to lose. I still won that fight, you know what I mean? It actually takes to lose for me to realise. And then I had to pull out of that fight towards the end of last year and it proper made me realise what I've got here, you know what I mean? Other people are killed to be in my shoes. Absolutely. Uh, I move up to lightweight this time as well. Was that part of the problem, that you were too busy cutting weight to focus on your training? Or did you put it more down to your mental state? Um, no, I've never had a problem with my mental state, you know what I mean? I know it, no matter what on the day, I'll beat anyone that you put in front of me, but... That weight cut had a lot to do with it, you know what I mean? That was why I was sick at the end of the Arosa fight and I looked terrible in the last two rounds. I couldn't keep my hands up or not, you know what I mean? And then when I fought Nad, again, I had to cut a lot of weight. And, like, I was in the, I, I was doing tests leading up to that fight in the university and um, like, my testosterone levels dropped from, the day before the weight cut, from 11.7 to 
to the day of the fight, 1.4. So like, it's unhealthy, you know what I mean? It's not, yeah. it's, it's not healthy. I was cutting like, when I fought now, I cut from 77.7 key the Monday morning to 65.8 on the Friday afternoon. And that's just, it's unhealthy in, a, in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Even for someone obese to lose that much weight that fast, it would be unhealthy, you know what I mean? So I was always going to eventually move up to lightweight, but that's a big part of it, you know what I mean? And then I know now, though, that I'm taking it more professional and I'm not just relying on my talent that I'll, I will make featherweight, you know what I mean? I, I will be able to make it now. I haven't got that much weight to lose. And in the future, when it comes down to it, when that belt's there again, once I've got this lightweight belt, I'll be going down and taking the featherweight belt, like I said I'm going to do. I'll have one belt there, and I'll have one belt there. Obviously, that's been done once before by Conor McGregor. He looks like he's, he's all but left mixed martial arts at the moment. There's big money in boxing for him. There's a, there's a gap to fill, and you know, you've certainly got the confidence and the ability to fill it. It's one of them, innit? You don't want to really get in the cage to get punched in the face with four-ounce gloves on when you can dance around the ring and get jabbed with big pillows on your fists for 78 million, you know what I mean? See where he's coming from. <laughs> can't knock him. Could you ever you see can't. him move into boxing for yourself in the future? I'll either anything. I'll do anything. Know what I mean? I don't mind. I'll I'll box with anyone. I'll kickbox with anyone. I'll grapple with anyone. I go and wrestle in America if you just want me to. Know what I mean? But like I said before, once I've done everything in Cage Warriors and then whatever bigger promotion comes in for me and I do everything in there, I'll be going to Hollywood. Me look at this face. Know what I mean? This face. Be going to Hollywood, be winning Oscars. That's what I'll be doing. Absolutely. Uh, That's where the real home. money is. Hey. Not, uh, just that's what I'm the route. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're back, obviously, on home turf, Feb 24th. No doubt it'll be another packed out arena. I've spoken about it publicly and I've also written about it in magazines that there's something going on in this city. There's something going on around Paddy Pimlet that's a little bit special. Something I, after 18 years of covering fight sports, have never seen before. I've never seen a generation captured by the attention of one fighter like I see with you. Do you feel that? Do you feel pressure from it? Do you feel emotional about it? I don't feel pressure from it. That's, I've, that's something that I'm quite good with, you know what I mean? I, I cope with pressure. It's, I take everything in my stride. You're right there. I get a, I, I'm, I'm an emotional type of guy, you know what I mean? It's little things make me cry. Like You wouldn't think it because I get in the cage and fight, but little things make me cry. I cry watching films, you know what I mean? So. Seeing all little kids in the echo. Paddy you know, the Baddy, the chick flick. Exactly. <laughs> lads, you know what I mean? <laughs> Watched three billboards at Evington the other day and I'd see his rolling down my face. Man on Fire was on film four the other night. Man on Fire had me crying. You know what I mean? But when I, when I come out and see all the little kids with haircuts like me and that and going nuts, it's boss. You know what I mean? It's like proper done me head in last time because I let them down. All them kids looking up to me and even not even just kids, other, other scousers, and not even just scousers, all people in the UK. And I get messages from people in Amsterdam and New Zealand, Australia, America, you know what I mean? I get, I get messages from people who live all over the world, and I can't believe I've, like, I've got that reach out there now, it's mad. But they said about every pressure, and that when I was 16, I took a fight on a week's notice against someone who was 24. So, like, I don't feel pressure. This yeah. is why I, I know I was destined to do this. This yeah. is what I was meant to do. And, like I said, I can't just rely on my talents. I've got to put the work in, and I have now. I've realised, I could say it, I've said it about four times, but I've really realised the opportunity I've got here, and I'm not just one in a million, I'm one in a billion. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And in terms of being switched on, then, you know, do you see yourself as a role model? I see you as a role model for all these kids, but do you, do you feel like a role model yourself? You're, still a, you're such a young lad. I know, I'm only just saying 23, but like, 
I, yeah, I've got to. I can't like go out and do all daft stuff, can I? You know what I mean? I've got to be a role model because that many people look up to me. You know what I mean? I've got 50,000 followers on Instagram now. You know what I mean? If someone would have said that to me three or four years ago, I would have said, shut up, what are you on about? You know what I mean? But now it's everything I said when I was 16, I was going to do, I've done so far and I'm going to continue to do it. And all these little kids are going to have someone to look up to that's from an area like theirs that they, they can make something of themselves. You know what I mean? Like this city lately, it's, it's got one like South Central Los Angeles. People getting killed left, right and centre. People getting beat to death, people getting stabbed. It's, it's heartbreaking, you know what I mean? It's, it's disgusting. And like, at least I'm giving these kids an avenue that they can look to and I could see them with Bossy and little young lads come in the gym and training. You know what yeah. I mean? I've got a kids class now for the younger ones and then the older ones come in and do the jiu-jitsu and the tie and stuff. And it's Bossy and them come in and not hanging around on street corners. Like, when, when I was a kid, we never had nothing like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just running around, throwing stuff at windows and that. Yeah. That's a, this is a good a good thing for kids to do. It learns them some discipline. I'll be honest, I was a cheeky little kid me before I come here. And then you come here and you realise like that's just just all daft, you know yeah. what I mean? In terms of the city at the moment, you're talking about Liverpool of course, your hometown, it's uh, there is a real issue at the moment with knife crime, with young lads going out with knives. You know, for someone, as I say, who's, who's a bit of a role model for City, what kind of a message have you got for people that are taking weapons out on nights out? I just don't understand it. I don't understand how it makes you feel hard. You know what I mean? How does it, it make you feel good about yourself, taking a knife out? Take someone's life, just stop pulling it out. You know what I mean? It could be a mistake. Take someone's life. Someone's burying the son or the daughter. You know what I mean? It's not right. People shouldn't have to bury the kids. It's me nan done it. You know what I mean? It was horrible. See my uncles dying now. It's rough. Coming back, come, coming back to your own career, then you describe your situation as one as a one in a billion. What have you done then to make the most of this opportunity? Now you say you finally woke up to the fact that this opportunity, if you're not careful, could pass you by. What have you done professionally to make sure that you harness it? Like I'm just in here every day now. Like after my last, after the Teddy Barla fight, the Rosa fight, the Johnny Tracy fight, wasn't in here. You know what I mean? Uh, like after the fourth of Rosa, I think I come in once to do pads before the end of the year and then once to do King of the Mat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that fight was on the 11th of November. Like, I wasn't getting better. When I fought all of them, when I fought Nad, Rosa, um, Freshy, Teddy Violet, I wasn't getting better. I was just doing getting in the gym, doing a camp. I wasn't doing any technical stuff. I wasn't getting better at all. I was just coming in and losing weight. And like, my family's had it before. My uncle played for Aston Villa when he was younger. Like Peter Reid said on Soccer AM a few years ago, someone said to him, well, who's the best footballer you've ever seen who never made it? He turned around and said, Frank Pimler. He was unbelievable. And my dad tells me, your uncle Frank threw a, threw a whole career away. You know what I mean? And I just can't do it to my family, to, to everyone who's around me. You know what I mean? I can't do it. There's lads in here who have had injuries and stuff and it's got in the way. Like, Ellis should be so further in his career by now. Adam should be so much further in his career by now and injuries and bad luck's got in the way, you know what I mean? And I can't, I can't throw this away for them. Yeah. Not, not just my family, not just everyone. This is my city, you know what I mean? I'll do this for my city. You've got a fight coming up on Feb 24th. Looking beyond that, uh, what do you hope 2018 turns up for Paddy Pimlet? It's going to be a good year. It's going to be another year like 2016. Go something like 4-0. I'll have at least one belt on this shoulder, but I'm open to have two. You never know, if the welterweight fella wants to go down, I'll have another one here as well. Happier cage warriors as well? Of course, you know what I mean? It's 
don't need to go anywhere else. Cage Warriors is, is where I'm happy. Yeah. Getting, probably getting more money than I would be in first fight in the UFC. So, and I'm fighting in the Echo Arena, doing this for my city, doing this for the next generation. You know what I mean? That's what I'm doing it for. All these kids, they can't get a ticket to go and get train tickets to go to London and stay there for the night. You know what I mean? All these kids who support me, like, I see kids that are like this big. They're like, there's kids that come to the Echo Arena that are like five, six. Yeah. Like the amount of people that come up to me last time and when I was in there and I didn't fight and said, oh, we, we, we bought tickets to watch you. Oh, my son bought tickets to watch you. He didn't even want to come when he said you weren't fighting. You know what I mean? I felt bad. Yeah, felt yeah. horrible. It done me head in, like that I was there and I weren't fighting. And I'm just, I'm, I'm going to beat this kid up in the first round just to make it up to all them. Last time you fought at the Echo Arena, you were running around, you were cornering, you were, you, all night you were at ringside, you were cornering people, and then you were in the main event. Are we going to see a slightly different format from you? Are you going to be a little bit more hidden away, a little bit more focused on your fight? Um, I don't I don't know, you know what I mean? I'm, that's just the way I am. I'm a outgoing character. I want to see all the team do well. It's, we're not like a gym in here, you know what I mean? We're not like a team, we're more like family. Yeah. Like, no one understands that. All these other gyms, they're all clicky and like, three of them like each other and stuff like that. We're like a proper family. No one, no other gym in the UK is like this. No other gym in the world is like this. We are a big family and like, I'll be there for all the young amateurs who are fighting and I'll be there for all the other pros who are fighting, you know what I mean? In terms of all the kids then that turn out to show you, this is something as a Liverpool fan I'm sure you've noticed going to Anfield these days, you know, the cost of tickets are so expensive, you know, you, you can't take a family of four to watch football anymore, Premier League's, it's not a, it's not a working class sport anymore. No. Do you think that's benefiting fight sports? Do you think we're seeing more families come to fight sports? Purely because, one, it's great entertainment, live entertainment, but two, it's, it's affordable. Yeah, it is, you know what I mean? Like, you're right, football nowadays, it's a, it's a joke. It is a joke. 50, 60, 70 pounds by a ticket. It's on every a game at Anfield, every two weeks, people can't afford that. It's working class people can't afford that. That's why they've been outpriced and there's all people flying from Sweden and Norway and that to, to come and watch Liverpool. It's, it really is a joke, but that's why we've got Sky Sports in it. We can watch the Reds on the telly, but um, it probably has helped fight sports, you're right. It probably has helped because even the boxing as well. The boxing's got a lot, a lot more people going to it. And they haven't got a character like me, you yeah. know what I mean? They haven't got someone p pulling them in like me and Molly have. For anyone, uh, just before we finish, any message for anyone who hasn't seen you fight yet? What to expect when they tune in on Feb 24th? Who hasn't seen me fight though? <laughs> hey, if you haven't seen me fight live, you've seen me fight somewhere, you've typed it in, you just know that. You've at least seen me entrance, you know what I mean? But get down, it'll be like nothing you've ever experienced. Even one of the biggest MMA journalists in the world, Ariel Hawani, said he's never seen nothing like it. And it's going to be even bigger and better than last time, because last time, as you all know, I got beat. You know what I mean? So this time, when I put a beat down on this Greek, I'll be jumping over the cage again and going nuts with all my people. Don't you worry about that. It's going to be one to remember. Finally, uh, let's ask you a couple of questions then. In terms of, uh, as growing up, did you play many video games? And if, is there any moves in video games that you, we might see you bring inside the cage? Um, go for a little tornado kick or something like that. Like, but when I was growing up, most of the games were like fight night and that, you know what I mean? And obviously everyone played GTA San Andreas and that. That was where it was happening on the PS2. But then like... No baseball bats allowed inside No, the nothing cage. like that. Just, just your hands, you know what I mean? <laughs>
Paddy the Baddy there sounds absolutely fantastic. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Please stick with us. After the break, we're going to be catching up with the one and only Meatball Molly McCann. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples. If you just join us, I was at Next Generation MMA in Liverpool earlier today ahead of the Cage Warriors 90 big fight at the Echo Arena on Feb 24th. All the main protagonists were there. I caught up with everybody that's going to be featured on this card. None more so than the main event today herself, the headliner, Meatball Molly McCann. Here she is. Excited to be headlining in your hometown, Molly? Um, I've been thinking about that day every day since I was like 11. I'd wake up and just walk the gym and think, oh, I'm going to be a world champion one day. And I always believed it was going to be in the Echo Arena, which is really strange because MMA had never been in there. Um, at the time, I was a boxer and there was no professional boxing. The boxing weren't even in the Olympic Games then for girls. So it's kind of like, I just fathomed up this dream in my head of this is what I was going to be. And when people used to ask, what are you going to be? I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a world champion. And, um, and now it's coming to fruition. It's... The first three weeks of fight camp was emotional in terms of I, I didn't I knew I was worthy of being a world champion and I know I am, but I couldn't get my head around how quick it's kind of it's come to to where we are. Even though I've been like chomping at the bit for 16 years, it's just it's just steamrolled and the opponents that I've had have have all been like 15 to 20 more bouts, professional bouts than what I have, but no one to fight me, so I've had to fight them. And I've just shot to the front of the queue just in 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 16, 18 months. So it's it's mind blowing. But I've put I've put so much work into it, and I've work, I work harder than any of the lads. So it's like because I have to because girls aren't we're always given the same what's right. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. but now the equality's there and and it's all good. So. Emotional this morning when you found out that uh, Lee Chadwick's middleweight title fight's off. So you're now headliner on your own. Is that breaking news, is it? <laughs> we got everyone sworn to secrecy, so yeah. if I break that to you, unfortunately he's got a bit of an injury yet, so that fight's off, so Molly McCann's oh. name is up in lights on her own at the Echo Arena. Half expecting, I knew I was co-main event, and um, even with Lee on the card, even with Lee on the card, um, I didn't know, just because my name was at the top, but I was thinking, uh, it can't be. I was kind of telling everyone, yeah, I can't. I mean, oh. Do you know what? About sounding like a big head or anything, I know I deserve it though. Like, I really deserve it. I don't think too many people have, have had to go through the trials and tribulations I've been through just to get to where I am. And um, I'm going to have to pick a bell to walk out tune now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're an athlete succeeding in, it, in what has largely been a man's world, but. Fight sports have changed dramatically in the last few years. Female athletes now are headlining cards in the UFC. Yeah, it's like not even a thing. Headlining cards in boxing. Yeah. It's a massive resurgence. But when you first got into martial arts or contact sports, this didn't exist. So, <laughs> so why did you get into it? Um, yeah, MMA didn't exist. I was an amateur boxer who aspired to be Natasha Jonas or Katie Taylor. Like, um, that too, or, or run like Kelly Holmes, because I used to do cross country, like that was my thing. And then I started playing football because I couldn't compete. Um, at the age of 11, I was in the boxing gym and was doing Thai boxing, karate, kickboxing, but there was no way in order for me to compete. Um, so then it was like, well, what am I going to do? So my cousins was like, come and play football. So I managed to play for a team who shall not be named, because it gets me in trouble. Um, 
but it's an Evertonian it's, yeah. refusing to say she played for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I weren't good enough for the Blues back then. Um, I played for Liverpool and it was getting to the point where I was thinking, am I going to do this for the rest of my life, play football? Because my passion for football was more than it was for fighting. And then, and then I got injured. I was playing in the Manchester tournament. I was on the left wing and I took a, a sharp turn and my foot stayed in the floor, my knee went the other way and that was game over football for, for Molly Meatball. So I went back to boxing and this is a time when there's European games. It was after the capital of culture so there was like women could compete in, in boxing in, at an international level. I thought, oh, of course I can do this. Whilst at the time I was still in, in college and I was still, my goal was to be a teacher or a professional coach of football. And um, and then I ended up boxing and I won the ABAs and I was like yeah and then I didn't get picked for like an England squad or an England setup and if you know when you win the ABAs you go to like the, the Tri Nations like is it and that yeah like and that, and that just went on the, it went on the cards and I thought swift this then and then I went to university and then I I was like oh so this is what it's like to drink alcohol and have a good time and. I got lost in that world of like being a party animal for two years, which I don't. I do not even take back because in those two years, I worked in nightclubs with all the MMA fighters here. Mm -hmm. So it was like Chris Fishgold always used to be like, "Come down our gym, come down our gym." I was like, "You rolling around on the floor, my boxing purist brain. I'm too good for that." Do you know what I mean? And um, and then I came in and I sparred down in this gym, just boxing to bring um, one of the girls' hands on. I was half interested, but I just thought, I'm, I'm just absolutely dog poo at doing that, so I'm really not going to do it. Being a boxer, you get used to doing the... The hard stuff becomes easy, and then you don't want to do the hard stuff no more. Yeah. You've only got four punches, so it's like happy days. Yeah. And then um, I was on a night out. It was February 23rd, 2013, and I went on a night out and I got sent home in a taxi because um, I was too drunk. <laughs> And I've walked in and Ronda Rousey's fought Liz Carmouche mm -hmm. um, for the inaugural £135 the belt. UFC, yeah. And I was just like, do you know what? Actually, I can do that because I've watched all these countdown shows on Ronda Rousey fought. This girl is absolutely everything I want to be. And she's doing what I want to like, Yeah, I want to do that. So there's a funny thing on, um, I've got this little mini documentary series on me. and. I went into Walton Prison and I had to go and explain to all the inmates like who I am and where I've got to and it always made everyone laugh that I walked in and Paul was like, what's your aspirations, what do you want to do? And I was like, in five years I want to be a world champion and I hadn't done the class yet. Do you know what I mean? It's I, before your first jiu-jitsu class. Yeah, and jiu-jitsu was next and I was like, yeah, that can't be that hard. Like, if yeah, I can yeah. do boxing, I can definitely do that. Got on the mat and I just come off and I was like, oh, what have I signed up for here? But it went... I never shied away from it. I was always like, this is like keeping me in on a weekend, whereas boxing couldn't, football couldn't. This is like, I fully immersed myself into to everything. It was like, any type of striking, I loved wrestling. I was all about jujitsu. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I just, you're not going to be into everything. You're just not. And I've learned to love it now and I embrace it. And I, I absolutely love it now. And I was going to say, is that your favorite part of camp now, is it? Jujitsu classes? I'm going to say it's the easier part. It's the bit where I don't have to think I'm going to get hit in the face because <laughs> everyone in this gym is just absolute killers and no one hates you, not at all, because you've just watched the spar and it's technical and it's high pace and no one's here to get hit. But jiu-jitsu, 
like you can rest a little bit more than a jiu-jitsu class, do you know what I mean? So, like I said, Ronda Rousey fought the 23rd of February. I started the 25th of February. That's five years and one day to the day I fight for a world title. Now, you, I've had a year out due to an injury. You tell me who's done that fast there, because I don't really know too no. many who have gone from an amateur, not, no grappling background, to, to world title level. So I believe in myself enough to know that it's not arrogance, it's not cockiness, it's 100%. I, I live and breathe for what I do. And, um, and you've seen I don't train with, with, with many girls at all. It's, it's all lads, it's all men. And yeah. I know what I bring to the city and uh, I know what I bring to the sport. And when you're from this city, there's just, you don't know how to quit. You don't know how to not find a way to win. You know? That's that, we were talking to Paddy about that in terms of what's going on in this city now. And this gym is at the epicenter of it all. You know, oh, this 100%. fight sports revolution that's going on. The city's thriving in the boxing ring, but in mixed martial arts, we seem like we're on the precipice of something massive, like global. Yeah, I don't know what you've just said with them words there, but I'm just something massive. <laughs> I'm just joking. I, I've got a degree. Um, I said to him in April when it was me, him, when he lost to Nad, yeah, yeah. that that fight. Chris was on. When, uh, he didn't fight in the end. Fish, he got a pop rib. But I said the Smith brothers, um, Bellew, Tash. They've all had this, a lot, a lot, a lot of people have followed them for a very long time and they've got an unreal support system and a lot of fans and a lot of people go to watch them. We're starting to get that now because they, they understand. We work harder probably than what, I don't want to come across in a, in, a, in a bad way of saying this, but we, everything that we have to do is, is hard. Do you know what I mean? When you're getting kicked, you're getting knees, you're getting elbows. You're getting thrown into the floor, thrown into the wall. You're getting choked. You're getting choked. Then you've still got to go and do the same running, the same conditioning, the same strength program as what the same swimming, sprints, same stuff as what they've got to do. It's like we deserve it. We deserve it. And the last card me and Paddy fought on got more um, more attendance than than the last matchroom. Showed this at the Echo, so yeah. I'm so proud to be a part of it. I'm so proud of like me and him, Fishy, Lee, Vent, Elliot, everyone, Ellis. We're all leading the way for something that is, is massive. And, and right now, because you're in it, you don't think it's nothing. Of course. But after my last fight, I went to America for six weeks for a camp. Um, my mate was fighting in the UFC 218, and I was cornering it, and her main training partner. And I just got off, so straight away winning. I'm in America, I'm doing interviews on Radio City and everything in a car, driving through Detroit. Um, and then I come back and I was like little Molly, just meatball, no one really took too much notice of me. But quite a few people knew me from par partying or from fighting. Then this time coming back, coming back to the city, it's like I'm walking through town and everyone wants pictures and it's like, what's this about? Like, <laughs> people will look at me and I'm like, I think, oh, it's going off. Like, what do they want? And then it's like, can we have a picture? a picture? And I'm like, why? Why do you want a picture with me? It blew, it, it doesn't half blow my mind to think like people want a picture with you, but going to the, um, the Everton games, it, it's, it's unreal how many people come over to you and have a conversation with you. And people have like took time to read about my history and read about like like tragic loss in the family or read about this, that and the other. And they come and hug me and like, I'm sorry about this, but you're doing, you're doing the city proud. Every message I get is you're leading the way for females, you're yeah. an inspiration. Yeah. And there's no, 
there's no bad side. I haven't got a hidden past. I have, I'm, I'm quite open and honest, and I'm an honest fighter. So anything that anyone wants to know, I tell them. And no one can sell a story on me or do anything because I've just owned everything in my life. Do you know what I mean? So it's good that I haven't got nothing to hide, and there's nothing that people can't be proud of. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times there Natasha's Jonas. Obviously, Tasha's in the boxing ring doing a similar thing what you're doing in MMA. You guys have kind of had a bit of a race to a world title, and you've got their face, Molly. She's oh, she title, come on, she got to the Olympics, though, didn't she? Professionally, so. though, you could be Liverpool's first ever world female world champion. I'm a, in combat, in combat professional sports, sports yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I went on a on England squad, and I remember she drove me back from... It was in Bradford, and... I just always looked up to her like I just want to do what she does. I just I just want to be who she is, and she's Miss GB. Do you know what I mean? And I and I'm Liverpool's own, so yeah. I'm not on the national scale. I'm ha I'm quite happy just to represent Liverpool. Um, yeah, but when you win the, when you win this belt, you'll be Cage Warriors' first world, world champion, champion as well. So yeah. I mean we're just on we're Liverpool scale. yeah we're breaking ground. Um, and I just, any, any girl from Liverpool, we can all do the same. Like, I know th even in Birkenhead, these little girly boxers over there who, who represents Great Britain, do you know what I mean? Like, there's ta a taekwondo girl over, over here who is in, like, the GB setup. Like, Scousers just are made of different stuff, and, and we're all humble, and we're all hard-working, and I don't care who gets the world title first, me or Tash, but uh, if we can bring two back with us, then happy yeah. days for this city, you know? Absolutely. Um, in terms of on the night then, last time you fought, it, the demographic was insane. It was kind of like a, a girls' night out. So many gangs of girls come to really? watch you fight. I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm glad um, I'm glad that there's the change because I still have to get in. I get taxi. I don't get taxi. I walk everywhere or get the bus, but when it's snowing and raining, I get an Uber. And I have to just have a conversation with people, what you do, and it's this big thing of, like, you've got to explain a million, in a million different ways of it not being born in your own head. Yeah. And I said it, I had an argument with a man the other day of him telling me, like, what I'm doing is wrong, this, that, and the other, and I'm just like, mate, if you can see how many people come to... It, it's not, it's not, you said, um, skinheads getting in the cage, trying to knock ten bags of, out of each other. It yeah. is, like... It is the most disciplined, hardest, hardest fit. It's like a, a heptathlon, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Of the athletics world, that's what we're doing. So yeah. think how disciplined and how amazing they are. And you want to degrade me and tell me that I'm not this, that and the Me and Paddy fight, and the difference between with me and him compared to any other MMA fighters are the kids love us because yeah. we're relatable. And young men, young women love us. Old men, old women love us. My nan is 68 years old. She can't come to fights because it just she just can't see it. But she watched me win an ABA title, and I was in the in the ring, and I just heard a scream. And as I got hit, and I was like, "Get it out of here!" <laughs> um, but look, my nan, if my nan can sit there and watch them and, and appreciate what we do, I don't know why other people can't. It'll be their small mindedness, but yeah. But surely a girl who's headlining a, a card in a home city on a broadcast that's going out to so many millions around the world, fighting for a world title. That empowers women, surely? That's the only way to look at it, it's empowering women. Yeah, um, it, honestly, my mind keeps going every time like you tell. It feels, it feels like I'm about to win a gold medal in the Olympic Games. Speaking to a, someone, again, who's, who's breaking down boundaries and about to change and make history for the first time, yeah. first world champion, cage warriors and everything else, headliner card, two girls fighting for a world title. 
In a time when you know some sports are throwing ring card girls out of the sport, what's your opinion on that? Will there be ring card girls on the night when you fight? And what's your opinion um, on it? I don't care. Um, Paul Rimmer said the best to me the other day. In a, in a generation of people who love selfies and are narcissists, let them crack on. It doesn't take away from the fact of what I'm doing. The only thing I'd ever be bothered about is, and this is what used to upset me when I was an amateur, I'd get £50 to fight as an amateur. You think 10, 12, 14 weeks of training for a bit of a crust, £50, and then you get some girl who may be getting two to five grand for walking in the ring for one minute, <laughs> um, six, seven, eight times a night. I, I, I don't believe that is fair but it is what it is. Um, Ronda Rousey had something to say about it, so I'd quote her on if you've ever got to write something on, yeah. on it. She was quite fair in what she said, like they shouldn't be getting what more what more than what she's getting or what someone on their prelims or is getting. But yeah, I, I don't care, like girls. I'm all about girls and power. If, it, if a single mum is going to be a stripper and that's the way she's earning her money going out dancing, then fair play to you girls, you know what I mean? It, you got to do what you got to do to make your money for your family. So I'm not, I'm not too fussed. And just before I let you go, tell us about your opponent, someone you know pretty well. Oh yeah, um, jiu-jitsu tournament a lifetime ago, and then you became friends, sparring partners. So so before the, I think at the tournament, um, I literally done three classes of jiu-jitsu, and it was in the gateway, and even no gate, and I'd done the tournament, and it was like six-minute rounds. I didn't know how to, I did not know anything and she armbarred me and the second I tapped because I held on and I could feel my tricep was shortening and I thought my elbow's gonna go so I tapped and then it went Doot, and the bell went and I was like oh <laughs> um, she is one of the most nicest people I have ever met in my whole existence she NHS nurse mum to two manages to go all around the world training being in the ultimate fighter, being in this, that, the other. Um, as a human being, she's someone I aspire to be a little bit more like every day. And in terms of fighting, I felt sorry for her when we'd spar, so I wouldn't hit her hard. In terms of fighting, every time she came to train with me, I was nursing my dad to death, and I hadn't been to sleep for days, or emotionally and, men and mentally I was burnt out. And it was about her. It was never about my development when she came to train. And I'd hold pads for it for nothing. Mm -hmm. I'd sacrifice, I'd put my body on the line for this girl. I wouldn't take it back. And I still, I'll probably train with her after this fight. But the fact of the matter is, she asked for the fight without cons consulting me. Not even a little bit of, well, do you fancy doing this? Or I just got a phone call off Paul Rimmer when I was watching the football one day. And I was just like, she what? I, I like literally had a contract ready to, to sign a, to fight a Brazilian. And I was like, oh, she's getting it. Like, I was off, like, I didn't know how to feel about it. And then one of my me, me best mates, Joe, said, you absolutely punish her for even think she's worthy for getting in there with you. And I thought, people know who I am, so they know I'm a nice person, I'm, on, I'm honest and I'm fair and this, that and the other. And I'm probably going to get a bit of, like, the baddie kind of view because of the way that I'm having to speak about it. But you people out there, if you're going to put an opinion on me, you're not the one who's got to get in there and fight one of your mates. So, I just see the bad side of what she's done and I'm just going to punish her for that. It, it's like, I have to have that kill or be killed mentality and 
the second the bell goes and my hand's raised, I will pick this girl up and I will hug her. And we'll look out at the crowd and we'll see what we've done. That four years ago, we was both amateurs fighting at the Echo Arena. Four years past, we're headlining the card. Take a look at us now, do you know what I mean? And it'll just be like, I'll buy you a bevy and let's go and have a good night. But I'm steamrolling through this girl and I'm going to put her head through that canvas and I'm going to win this. And I'm, You can't come to Liverpool and, and, and finish me. I said, like, you'd have to throw a kitchen sink at me, the fridge. Hit me with a hammer in the head. I'll still I'll find a way to come forward, and when she's just, I'm just not accepting defeat or failure. Come February 24th. Molly McCann, our headliner on February the 24th. Stick with us. Coming up in part three here on Fight Disciples. I've got him in the studio. We're going to catch up with Lee the Butcher Chadwick and get to the bottom of why he isn't going to be in action on Feb 24th. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome back to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. If you've been listening to the show, you've already heard Paddy the Baddy Pimlet. We've already heard from the headliner, Meatball Molly McGann. But I was keen to get the main man in the studio with me tonight as well. Both, both those guys, obviously, as you know, I recorded those interviews earlier today. Both those guys are in the middle of camp. The fight's in just a couple of weeks' time. But one man who's no longer in camp, and he's just had himself a nice... Cheese, was it a cheese toaster you had there? <laughs> cheese, and, cheese, and, cheese and bacon balm. Cheese and bacon <laughs> balm. You don't eat them when you're in fight camp. Yeah. Lee Chadwick joins me in studio now. Was supposed to be headlining alongside Molly, Molly McCann defending your middleweight belt. But you're off, mate. It's off. the Knee injury? Yeah. Um, um, judging by the sound and the feel of the injury, I've torn ligaments and muscle fibres in my right leg. Um, I'm getting an MRI, MRI scan next Tuesday, obviously, to um, confirm it so that I can take the proper treatments after it yeah. and get back as soon as possible. Sounds like it must have been pretty fresh then. When did you do it? Um, it was last Thursday night evening. Um, obviously, I wanted to give it a couple of days, let the swelling go down. And st- I, I didn't want to pull out the fight. It was the last thing on my mind. Um, um, took loads of ibuprofen, rested it, hot baths, cold ice on it. And um, yeah, it's still no, still no better, not even close to healing. It's going to be a good couple of months. Yeah, the swelling looks terrible. I've seen the swelling when you first come into the studio then. And that's, you know, best part of a week and it's still swollen up yeah, that bad. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, there's there's no way I would have pulled out unless I had no choice. And, like, it was good seeing all the guys today and showing, showing me knee because without a doubt you can see it. Yeah. Um, I don't strap it. I, I've never used straps anyway. I like my body to do its job itself. But um, you can just see how swollen it is and how much I'm limping. And it's hard getting up and down the stairs and putting my socks on, never mind fighting. Yeah. How did it happen exactly? Um, I was grappling. Um, it was a, it was my last session of the night. Um, been working a lot on the ground game for this one because the guy's a good wrestler. Yeah. Um, and it was like the fourth session. It was the end of the week and I thought, near the end of the week, and, and I wanted to beast it, um, blitzed it, four sessions in the day. A couple of little sessions, two big sessions. And um, yeah, I was just grappling, got, got the guy in a leg lock, um, then switched it to an e-bar, and then he managed to nearly get out of that, so I switched it to a... Um, a knee clamp then, um, where my leg is in an L shape behind his knee, and I pull his waist into me, his back to me, I pull his waist into me, bring his heel towards his backside, and my leg was jammed then, and that was to make him tap, and just before I managed to grip him, he jumped out, right. but obviously my knee's gone the wrong way, stuck with him, because it was locked in between his legs, and um, it's just tore all the muscle fibres around my knee, and the ligaments and everything, I could hear it, it felt like, um, felt like, um, a Chris Packett crunching. Oh. That's how I felt like. Sounds terrible. I would sound it, sorry. You, you, you sound like you're speaking from experience. You've done this before? I've done it in my other leg, yeah. I've had yeah. a couple of injuries in my left leg, so this was actually my good leg that I've had no injuries to. Was. It was, yeah. So now I'm like, 
double whammied. Um, so yeah, when, when you've had when you've been in the game as long as I have, and you've had that many injuries, you you you, you know what what you've done to yourself. You can sort of image what actually damage you've actually done. Yeah. Um, by the feeling, by the sound, and by where the swelling is. So I know it'll be a couple of months before I'm back in the gym properly and grappling and stuff like that. I always think it, it happens. Obviously, injuries are part and parcel of a professional sport, but when it happens in a gym like that, you're obviously rolling with a teammate, a sparring partner, whatever it may be. Yeah. What's their reaction like? You know, oh no, I've just uh, injured the world champion. He's out of his title yeah, fight. Absolutely devastated. Um, he's a good mate of mine, Paul, and um, he's the, the guy I don't it with. And um, he's got a comp coming up on Sunday, so he was working hard. I've got a fight. I was working hard. So it's just one of them. It was a bit of a freak accident. I don't actually usually go for that move, yeah. but not many people get out of my leg lock. So I went for the leg um, heel hook to a knee bar and then switched to that. That was my third third move. Do you know what I mean? So um, it was just one of them. Um, wrong place at the wrong time for my leg. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Was that was that the, your last like week of, of four on sparring as well, was it? Um, no, I you, trained probably, right up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, Randy yeah. Couture style, roll, yeah. roll the night before and everything. <laughs> yeah. Not the night before, but I, t- I actually train in the gym on the morning of the fight. Um, I don't train properly. I do sometimes I do a bit of pads, but mainly I do my strength um, um, of a Saturday morning when I'm fighting Saturday evening. Wow. I'll, go, I'll do my weight cut. Um, I'll stop training on a Wednesday, cut weight Thursday, Friday morning, make weight, feed up Friday night, Saturday morning, then I'll go to the gym and I'll test my strength. Um, and it's just, it's for peace of mind for me. I like to go in because I do a lot of um, compound movements for mm. me, power and explosiveness. So I like to go in the gym and, and see that my strength's there after the weight cut because I, I know what effects the weight cut can have on your body. Yeah. So that messes with me head. So I like to get in the gym and go, yeah, I'm still still got the power, still got the fitness. Yeah. Um, I do a little bit of bike as well, get the red blood cells going and just preparing my body for the evening. People don't. A lot of people don't do that no, because no. they say, oh, "I want to be fresh for the fight." But as far as I'm concerned, if you've trained fifteen times a week for eight weeks, um, and then you've rested for a couple, that's a couple of days rest is enough for me. I, I just want to. I can afford to train in the morning and recover, and then fight again in the night. It just loosens me up and gets my body firing. Yeah, you, you say train, but it's not a f- full-on training session. It's more of like a psychological thing. Do you think yeah. it is for you? It's yeah. like you're on your journey. Okay, yeah. get in the gym, lift a few weights, go, oh, yeah, it's there. Yeah. I'm back. I'm testing myself just to see that the weight cut hasn't took all my strength away from me. I like to get my lungs going a bit because they feel flat because they haven't got out of breath for two days because yeah. I'm used to training so much. Um, so, yeah, that's why I do it. It's just a psychological thing for me. It works for me. Yeah. And I've done it for the, I've done it running up to the title for three fights in a row, and all three fights are won in good fashion. So I've stuck to that. Yeah. At, at this stage in your career, obviously, as you say, you've been around the sport for an awful long time. Finally, you, you know, we, we've had you, we, we've been in studio together. We've talked about you winning the world title. We even had the belt in studio with us. Amazing. But this time, do you have to listen to your body more than ever before? Have you do, have you learned to? Obviously, I know this was a freak injury, but you know, prior to the injury, was was the camp was it any different from previously? Do you approach the game differently now that you're the champion? I do. I approach the game a lot more relaxed, to be honest with you. I mean, when I train, I switch on and I train as hard as I can. Every t- I leave it all in the gym every session, even if it's the third session of the day. I give it everything I've got. And then I feel like dying afterwards, but that that's what I do. I, I push myself to the limit all the time. So I'm lucky that I haven't had more injuries. I've only had to pull out twice, I think, in my um, career, pro career, out of fights. So, yeah, I am quite lucky. Um, it's just a shame it's happened now. 
luckily I've got the belt, I've earned the belt, and I'm going to get a chance to defend it next time anyway. Yeah. Um, missing out on headline at the Echo Arena, it's got to sting a little bit, hasn't it? It has, yeah, it has, because I've earned, earned my place there, and like I say, I worked hard last year, non-stop all through the year, winning fights and um, training all year, missed out on the summer. Obviously, sacrificing what you've got to sacrifice to get to the top. Um but like I say, when I find out the next date in the Echo, um, I'm hoping I'll be um, 100% by then and jump back on the headline, the Echo Arena again. Yeah, you, you were down at uh, Next Gen earlier today as well. You know, I was getting interviews with the guys. Everyone's heard those interviews earlier. But uh, do you have any words of advice for Molly now? Molly obviously moves into the headline slot on her own. Yeah, the um, advice. Um, I think she's she's firing. She's ready to go. She, you can see, um, like how you know her on a personal level. She's a good friend of mine, and she's put put all her emotions into this, and she's 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 ready to go. She's gonna win that belt. It's gonna take a lot for this girl to take it from her. Yeah. I can't see it happening. To be honest with you, the only way it could happen is if Molly makes a mistake and she's on form. Yeah. She's not gonna make no mistakes. She's gonna win. I can see that. She does seem absolutely switched on. It's incredible that she's gonna make a little bit of history as well. It you know, is first first female to win a world fighting uh, belt, a world championship belt in fight sports in this city, especially at a time when Natasha Jonas is seemingly weeks away from getting a world title fight in the boxing ring as well. Yeah, Here yeah. Molly kind of jousting for that for that little bit of history, but that's it. Molly, yeah. Molly's career's only been relatively short in mixed martial arts, but she's been around fight sports forever. Yeah, uh, she's always been a bit of a sports person. Like she played football and stuff like that before, and yeah. so she's always been, she's always been um, sporty and fit, and she's always been in the game. So, um, uh, it's just testament to how far she's gone so quick. It's just that she's naturally gifted. Yeah, absolutely. And what she can do in terms of generating interest again, more eyeballs on fight sports, more girls watching mixed martial arts. If you go to a Molly Bacan fight. There's packs of women in there. There's gangs of girls on a night out yeah, going yeah, to fight it. together, that's though. It. You don't ever see that, really. It's the first time I've really seen that. Gang, groups of girls on a big night out going to the fight. It's yeah. incredible. Well, if you see Molly fights, she fights better than most of the men. Absolutely. <laughs> I noticed so that today. That's, yeah. that's exactly why people... Girl power. Watch her, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she, um, she sets a really high standard for women MMA. It's, it's really good, and she's putting it on the map in Liverpool. Big time. So that's a brilliant thing. Yeah. The other the other guy, obviously, on, on the card, um, Paddy Pimlet, um, obviously an absolute character, Paddy, and he's got so much potential in him. Uh, still only 23 years of age. He feels like he's been around forever because he's achieved so much. But from someone like yourself who's got so much more experience than him, you know, that loss that he had last time out, Lee, for me on the outside, I think that could make him because he seems yeah. to be talking differently now. He seems to be acting differently. You know, he mentioned that interview earlier in the show. He's, he's recommitted himself to mixed martial arts. He's in the gym a lot more than he was previously. He's not taking it for granted anymore. Well, that's it. Sometimes it takes for the loss to show that, yeah. But even even his loss, I mean, he went 5-5. So he went the distance and he fought to the end. So he's a true warrior. Um, all that fight's um, shown him is that um, he needs to get in where even harder and he's given it as all. Um a loss isn't a bad thing. You learn a lot more from a loss than a win. Um, yeah. You can get a bit complacent when you're winning all the time, a little bit bored and stuff like that. And it sounds silly, but, but fighters do. So you need to be kept on your toes sometimes. I've been up and down quite a few times in my career, so I know what it's all about. And as the saying goes, um, a true champion is one that um, can come back from a loss. Yeah. Not someone that gets beaten and just runs away. You've got to... You've got to 
brush yourself off, get up and get back in, regardless of what people are saying, and then just prove it. Yeah. He's moving up to lightweight now as well for this fight. Do you think that'll help him? Yeah, definitely, because he kills himself on the weight cuts. And, um, he's a like, big lad, isn't he? He's a t- he's tall lad anyway. Yeah, so. His legs, his, his yeah, thighs yeah. are unbelievable. He's naturally big, he's got big legs, he's tall, so he won't have no problem Like lightweight division. Yeah. Um, he used to kill himself to get down to the weight below, so um, yeah, this this will help him. He'll have more energy in the later rounds in the fight if it goes that far, um, and he'll have a bit more explosive power as well, so could be looking at um, knockouts and stuff like that from him as well. Yeah, and obviously that's something he's been criticised for in the past, whether he's got the knockout power, but as you say, that not being so weight-trained may well help him in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can't have the cage warriors middleweight champion of the world in studio with me and not ask him about the event that's coming up just this weekend. Obviously, it's in your weight division. Yol Romero fights Luke Rockhold out in Perth for the interim UFC belt uh, because uh, Robert Whittaker's laid up in hospital. He's yeah. injured at the moment. How do you see that fight going this weekend? Um, Yol Romero's a powerhouse. Uh, he's powerful. Um, but I think if Luke Rockhold plays his cards right and keeps him... Obviously, there's a reach difference. And if he keeps him... At, at distance and takes him into later rounds, he'll, he'll, you know, Romero could gasp, but like I said, that first few minutes, he, he's a powerful, really explosive, tough fighter, so that's going to be a really good fight. I'm yeah. looking forward to that one. Is that more, would you sign more with Romero because that's a similar, you know, he's, he's similar stature to yourself, small but packed with muscle, very explosive. Yeah. Do you, seem to, do you tend to follow fighters or you appreciate fighters more with a similar skill set to your own or do you kind of admire the big, long, Luke Rockhold kind of technician Yeah, no, types? you're right. I do like the ones similar to myself. I like to watch them and see how well they do and, and what the gas tank's like and the power and how they work, and especially at the UFC level because that's what I'm um, heading towards. So it, it is good to observe fighters the same sort of stature as myself because yeah. so, obviously that's my style. In terms of the, obviously you're being knocked out of this fight on February 24th, where does that reset you? Last time I had you in studio, you were talking about defending this cage warrior's belt, maybe even another defence later in the summer, and then hopefully look towards a potential move up to the UFC at the end of the year. Are we still on course for that, do you think, or has this knocked you back? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, all that's knocked me back is a few months of um, rehab and getting better. I'm lucky it's the beginning of the year. There's um, a couple. There'll be a couple more shows in the Echo. Um, this year so I'll just get fit and ready for them um, unless I end up on an earlier show in the summer which I've heard they might be talking about but I just think it makes sense for me to defend my belt in Liverpool for yeah. ticket sales for my fans and stuff like that so yeah I'd, I'd be um, looking to get on the next one in the Echo 100% Absolutely. I'll be starting working now um, I'll be training my upper body while my lower body can't be used um, and then I'll rehab my lower body and I'll bring that in few months I'll be 100% again. Sounds good. If only we all had that kind of focus. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to the uh, the cheese butties and stuff like that, I think. Uh, thank you so much for joining me in studio, mate. I fully appreciate it. Get well soon. Hopefully we get some good news from your scan next week. Um, and I'll see you down, obviously. You, no doubt you'll be there on February 24th. I'll be there, yeah. I'll Paddy, be there in the cage side. Paddy the Baddy. And Molly, Molly McCann, who's going to make history, become the first world champion from this city. You're listening to Fight Disciples on Radio City Talk. Please join us next week, same place, same time. And if you can't wait that long, hit us up on social media, at Fight Disciples on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.